0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve his purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, it's so good to be here, church, and bring you the word. We're continuing our Call Yourself a Christian series. And uh, we're in that, we are asking ourselves, what does it mean to be a Christian? And how are we different to everybody else? How are we different from people who don't believe? And so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, and what I believe is that the, the, the answer to that question about what makes us different from people who don't believe in Jesus, because that's what a Christian is. It is a follower and a believer of Jesus. But I believe that what makes us different is identifiable from the very moment we start thinking about the big questions of life. It's not just like, I don't know, it's not some, you know, attachment to our life, but actually it changes the very foundation and fundamental way that we view life. And so, one of the things that I, one of the things that I think it changes is like our metaphor, our image, our, our concept of what life is like. So let, let me explain. Some people view their life as a marathon. They're just going to endure it. Some people view it as a sprint and they're just sprinting from one thing to the next. They've got to get there as quickly as possible. Some people, they view it as a merry-go-round. We're stuck on it, there's no way off, and we're going up and down and round and round. Some people, they're on a rat, re- rat, a rat wheel, running as fast as they can but going nowhere. The rat race. Some people, it's a battle, it's a fight. Some people, it's just a lottery, luck of the draw. You get what you get, it's a competition, a battle of survival. But can I encourage us that actually, as Christians, we should view our life as a journey? There are a few things that quantify a journey. Journeys have ups and downs. They have fast times. They have slow times. Sometimes you journey with lots of people. Sometimes you're just by yourself. But the key thing about a journey is that it has a defined beginning and end. It is time-bound. We're going somewhere. It has a purpose. It has a direction. It has a mission. There's has an outcome to a journey. The idea of life being a journey is brought up multiple times throughout the Bible. Abraham's called a sojourner. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he sojourns in the land. He journeys in the land. Jesus also talks about, and we're going to unpack this in more detail later, but he calls himself the way. He says, I'm preparing a place for you, i.e., you're going to go from where you are, journey to somewhere new, and follow me, I'm the way. Now, the idea of life being a journey isn't unique to being a Christian. Lots of people see it as a journey, but there's one more thing that makes it different for us, and that is, I believe and I know that we are on a journey of hope. What makes us different is that, yes, we see life as a journey, but in particular, we see our journey as one of hope. So I want to encourage us to be hopeful. Are you filled with hope? because if, if you're not this morning, I want to encourage you that you should be. I know that you should be as, as a believer and a follower of Jesus. And that's not to dismiss what you might be going through. I, I know there are hard things that we go through, but our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is a God of hope. I have, I have the receipts for that. 1 Timothy 4 verse 10, it says, that is why we labor and strive, because we have put, put our hope in the living God. Not the dead God, not the was God, the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. Titus 1 verse 2 says, in the hope of eternal life, that God, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. Our hope is eternal. Our hope is ongoing. Our hope is regardless of our circumstances. Why does that make us different? Well, when I look around the world, I don't see people who are filled with hope. I see people who are worried, who are weighed down with the stress of life, who are concerned about the future. They see no hope in their present and they look back in the past, they don't see any hope there either. But our God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. He is our constant source in times of trouble. So, we're going to read from John chapter 14, 1 to 6. And I think we have some principles that we can apply to our life in a practical way that will help us journey through life in a hopeful way. So, why don't you join me from John chapter 14? verse 1. So it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Paraphrase, have hope. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. It's a journey and you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen seen him. Why don't you join me as we pray? Lord, I thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, I thank you that as we go through life, we can have hope in that statement. Lord, I pray that we will continue to be a hopeful people, almost as hopeful as Eddie Jones and the Wallabies' chances of success at the World Cup. Lord, amen. Thank you for their win. Amen. Amen. So I just want to put this this passage in context for a second, because it might be seem a bit weird that Jesus is telling his disciples to have hope and just think about what they've gone through they have given up their whole lives to follow this guy they now believe he is he is God by this point they're believing that oh this he's special they believe he's God and he has just told them he's going they've left everything behind and he said I'm going see ya And Thomas goes, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You've said we'll know where we're going to follow you, but we're not really sure. And Jesus says, don't worry, don't worry. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we're going to unpack what those three statements mean and how we can apply them and actually get an answer to the question Thomas is asking. But I, I also especially love that Jesus still calls this something to be hopeful for. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled, guys. I'm going to where I need to be. I'll leave you alone. I'll I'll be leaving you physically, but don't be troubled. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I think those three concepts are how we're going to unlock hope on our journey of life. So let's start with the first word, way. And way means, it's like the map. Jesus calling himself the map. I'm the exemplar. I'm the guide. I'm the person to follow through life. And so I have, a, I have an illustration. I was in high school and I had the privilege of going on a month-long trip to Nepal. Pretty cool, right? Like, it was a bougie, bougie-ish trip. It um, wasn't too much of a bougie school, but it was a little bit. Don't hold that against me. And we got to go to Nepal, but the whole idea of this program was that you would earn the money to pay for the trip yourself so I ha- they'd help you get a job i got my first job at woolies check out chick i was really <laughs> i wasn't good at it um, and we'd fundraise because we were going to go and spend some time helping out a school on the outskirts of nepal and then you also the other main component was a trek and we did a two week trek up the uh, langtang valley pretty cool it was really cool and we were there for a month and they also wanted to teach you life skills, like how to book a hotel and work out where you're going to eat. So it wasn't a school trip where everything was itinerized for you, but you had to get there and make it all work yourself. They gave us each a thousand US dollars, so there were 10 of us that we were to pool. It wasn't just my money, it was all of our money. And you had to manage that, we had to budget everything, uh, and it was, it was an amazing trip. It really was life-changing, to be honest. It was life-changing. Uh, ask me about it later but once we got into the country see we there were 10 of us from school and our science teacher now he's a great bloke but he wasn't going to be very helpful in nepal we weren't doing any chemistry experiments with bunsen burners over there so we got into country and we had a guide it was a british guy named ian and ian's got that little names change for the story purpose i can't remember his name I'm really sorry, but he was going to spend a month with us helping us navigate life in Nepal. So he helped us do things like find the best hotels. He knew the good ones off the beaten track. He helped us find the best steak in Kathmandu. He helped us haggle. He helped us just know everything we needed to know. And he even helped us get $1,000 back because one of the guys had left his money pouch in the back of the seat in front of him on the plane. And when he'd gone and collected it, Clearly, the flight attendant had had, the, her jackpot had hit. and Anyway, we lost the grand and we had to get it back. Ian was the guy who helped us get it back. He was the one who helped us survive whilst we were trekking up the mountain. He was our exemplar, our model, our guide, and our map. And in life, Jesus is our exemplar, our guide, our model, and our map. See, when we consider life as a journey, that is what Jesus is doing. It's not just a month in Nepal with a guy named Ian. This is a lifetime with a guy named Jesus right by our side. He's helping us live the life that he has called us to. And Jesus is also, he's not just taking us to get back on the plane on the way home. He is taking us towards a destination that is eternity with his father. That's the way he's taking us. That is where we are going. That is the end point. So how do we get there? How do we actually do that? Well, we have to follow him. And Jesus has spelled out, he gives us examples of how to do basically everything we'll need to do in life. He shows us how to flee from temptation. He shows us how to trust in God. He shows us how to connect with God, how to pray He shows us how to deal with one another, how to love and serve each other. He shows us how to lead, how to be generous, how to give, how to care, how to show grace. Not only that, but he is with us the whole time. He's not an instructor who then says, okay, now go and do it. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. And see, that's the hope of God being with us. The way. Because we don't have to figure this journey of life out ourselves. In fact, we've got a model, a guide to show us, and he's there by our side the whole time. Jesus is the way. So, that's component one of hope, a hope-filled journey. The second part is that he is the truth. God is the truth. And if he is the way... And we're following him well it's good that he's backed up by being the truth he's not a truth he's the truth and sometimes we may know we may have a guide we may have an example but we might not listen to them because we think we know better i did this growing up playing cricket uh, and my dad i'd bowled him out a few times in backyard cricket so i thought i'm the truth (laughs) when it comes to cricket compared to my dad that's not dad i'm the truth with cricket If I'd looked at the track record, my average score was pretty low in under nines, and there were a lot of ducks on my scorecard. And so one time, Dad tried to be the way, and he showed me, keep the bat straight, don't swing at it, keep the bat straight, you might not get out, I should have listened, but I thought, he's not the truth, I'm the truth about batting, I bowled him out, (laughs) ha ha ha. And anyway, I went out, I think I lasted five balls, and then I went for a big swing, nicked it straight to the keeper and was out for yet another duck. I had the way, but I hadn't listened to the truth and I got out and so I stormed off. I threw my stuff down and I walked up a cliff at the back and cried. Uh, Anyway, that's what I did. But I wonder, do you ever do the same with God? Do you ever, you, you, you know that he's the way and he's telling you to do one thing, just spend some more time with me. Just spend some more time in my word. But instead, you go, no, no, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, and you end up not choosing his way, not realizing that he's actually the truth. We start walking away from God, and even though we know he's the truth, we don't apply and let him change our life. See, even John 14 14 is telling us that he's the truth, but we have so many other statements about Jesus that hold true, that he is the Son of God. That he only does what he sees the Father doing. That he came to fulfill the law. That he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That God will provide all things we need. That he wants to heal us. That he wants to encourage us and that he covers us with his wings and with his grace. Now these are all nice things. These are sayings. They're true. But I'm an outcome person. So, how do I actually apply these in a practical way? Well... I think I have a way to do that, and I think the outcome is going to be hope. Not only will we live in a way that follows the truth, but we'll end up with hope. So, let's follow this process. In Proverbs, we find that God tells us that the heart can actually be shaped and molded by what we consume, by what we listen to, by what we see and think about. Proverbs 4 verse 20 says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So we're seeing two things, that our heart can actually be changed by the words that we listen to. And that out of our heart comes our life. The course of our life is determined by, by what comes about out of our heart. So there's two orders of succession there. And then the second, it keeps going. If we read Luke verse, chapter 6, verse 45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stood up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stood up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So clearly what is in our heart is important, because a good man will do good things because good things are in his heart. A bad man will do bad things because bad things are in his heart. And they will also speak that way too. So if we can shape our heart and then what's in our heart is going to shape what we do, well, there's, there's another step. There's another step because not only as we continue to do good actions, as we continue to let our actions change, now our character changes too. And so we read in Romans 1, 5, and I'm going to go from verse 3, it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So church, I want to tell you that our thoughts change our hearts. Our hearts change our actions. Our actions change our character, and our character produces hope. But see what th- this, this process, we've biblically proven process, and that happens regardless of our context. Sometimes it's easier to think the right things and do the right things, and so those are not necessarily the trial times, but we still, our character still develops, but sometimes our character is going to develop faster because we're facing trials. When we have to still think the right thing and do the right thing and be the right person in the hard times, we're gonna develop our character even stronger. So this process is context agnostic, but it is also not just gonna happen in a positive way. This process also happens if we focus on the wrong things, our heart changes in the wrong way and our actions become not aligned with Christ either. But we'll get there. We'll get to that in a second. So if what we think about is going to change our heart and change our actions and change our character and we want to end up in a place of hope, how do we get that in there? How do we, get, how do we think about the right things? Well, let's think about God's truth because that's where we're going to find the hope. And we do that by actually reading it. Let's actually read the Bible. I know, radical. but And and you might think, Tim, that's great, but I don't have another hour a day to give to reading the Bible. I get you. I've got a young child. I work full time. I get it. It's busy. But just find one verse and think about that. Think about God being the way, the truth, and the life. There you go. There's your homework done. Think about it in your 20-minute commute home today. Think about it on your commute to work tomorrow. As you sit at lunch, think about that verse. As you go home, think about that verse. Just keep thinking about it, and it will change your heart. Proverbs tells us. It will change your heart, and then your actions will change. And then your character will change, and you will have hope. might not just be a verse, but you can... Memorize a verse. You can memorize a song, one that a worship song that makes you boogie or inspires you or picks you up when your head is down. As we do this, God's truth takes hold in the depths of our heart and there our character will start to emerge. I've got a really practical example that I'm going through in my life at the moment and that is I'm worried, like the world is, about where I'm going to be able to get everything I need to pay off my mortgage, to feed my family, to put, keep the roof over our head, keep us dressed. Well, in Matthew chapter 6, this is what I've been reading and remembering and reminding myself of. It says in verse 31, So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. The world runs after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so as I think about that verse, sometimes it happens in a moment. I prayed on the bus on the way to work this week. I was like, God, just help me get through this day because I know you can do it. I had a great day. Everything just moves smoothly and I was preparing for a bad one. But as I do that, my heart changes, my actions change, my character changes. Instead of being so worried about where everything will come from, I can be generous. I worry less, I'm less stressed because I'm letting God's truth change my heart. So you living with God's truth in your heart and the freedom that that brings. Are you trusting his word? you listening to the truth, because that produces hope. And finally, we get to life. Jesus isn't saying that he is a life that you might want to live. He's saying, I am the life. I am the life. That's a definitive statement. He's the life. He's the life we should want to live. And we, we see lots of different passages about life in the Bible, but one in particular from John chapter 10, verse 7, it says, Therefore Jesus said again, very truly, truth, I tell you, I am the gate, the way, for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. So already we see truth, life, uh, truth and way in this passage as well. And then we get to live life and life to the full. You know, I, I wonder if you think about how would the devil, the enemy, actually come and steal, kill, and destroy our life? Well, let's take the process we've just talked about and, and think about this. Uh, I love a heist movie, and a good heist movie, like an Ocean's movie you don't even want to know that you've been, they don't want you to even know you've been stolen from. They don't want you to even realize. Danny Ocean doesn't want Mr. Banks to know he's stolen from his casino. But when we apply this process in our life, we can see how the devil is going to steal, kill and destroy the life that we have promised to us. And see, this if this is the life that God has promised us and we get here by thinking about what god has said by thinking about his truth and we think and we start to apply that in our life we live in that way and we our character shapes and we live in a hopeful way we end up here but as we live our life and we slowly don't think about the truths from god the truth from god and we start thinking about the ways of the world and we get worried And instead of thinking about, oh, where is everything going to come from? We're we're so worried about that and we forget God's promise and we move further away from that. And we slowly align our thinking. We don't let God's thinking align our heart. We're actually letting the world align our heart. And we don't even realize we're doing it. And slowly but surely we move further and further away from the life that God has promised us. Because if when I think about Jesus and his truth and I let that penetrate my heart and my actions change for the good and my character changes for the good and I move to hope. Well, if that process is true, then it's also true that as I forget God's promises and I focus about the worries of the world and I let my heart be shaped by the worries of the world and I let my character be formed by the actions that are being informed by the words that I'm thinking about, about the ways of the world, instead of being overliving the life that I should be living in hope with Christ, I end up living a life that is hopeless, that is dead inside, because I'm not focusing on the truth of God. We move from living the life to living some life, and I don't want that. Instead, we focus on Jesus. We focus on Him being the way, the truth, and the life. We find a memory verse and we embed it in our heart. We repeat it until it changes us from the inside out. And we end up with full life. That's what we get. You know, Jesus, that's His story. He transforms people's lives. He takes fishermen and makes them leaders of A movement that still exists 2,000 years later and includes 2 billion plus people. He takes the lame and He makes them walk. He takes the blind and He makes them see. He makes the deaf hear. He gives them full life, let alone raising the dead to life. If there was any more clear example of giving full life, it's going from dead to life. And He can give each and every one of us a full life. So what are you missing? What do you need? What's holding you back? Focus on God. Focus on His truths. Follow His way and you'll experience life and life to the full. That's regardless of what you're going through. That's a promise from God. But the first step we have to take in doing that is accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Is actually saying, okay, God, I want to follow your way. You are the truth. So I'll follow your way because I want your life. And So we're going to pray a prayer right now. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your way, this prayer is for you. So we're going to pray it out loud together, but I encourage you to pray it deep in your heart and really mean the words. And afterwards, we'd love for you to come up the front. We've got a team who'd like to pray with you and give you a gift as well. First, let's Pray together. So bow your heads, focus on God and repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I want you. I want to follow your way. I choose to experience your truth. And I want life in you. I know I'm not perfect. I know that I need you. So I ask you to come into my life As I commit my life to you. I believe you are who you say you are. I choose you today. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au